Hello everyone, welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. I am super excited to bring you today's episode. I had the pleasure of interviewing Sandra Carson of Moonshine Communications, and she was just an absolute joy to talk to. She is very clear on what she does, who she helps, and how she does it, and a lot of value to be uncovered there um, from listening to her, from working with her. I absolutely recommend reaching out to her if, if it resonates with you today. We talk about finding your purpose, finding what you really want in life, self-limiting beliefs and how they hold you back and how they affect every area of your life. And we talked about um, all kinds of things. I mean, superpowers, roadblocks, goblins, it's all there. <laughs> Lots of interesting topics and value for you today with this interview. Um, check it out. Reach out to Chandra if, if you hear something again that resonates with you. Reach out to me if you'd like to work with me. We are both excited to bring this to you and just to help you in any way that we can to add value to your life so that you can live vibrantly. Chandra, tell us a little bit about Moonshine Communication. Sure. So, well, first off, I'm Chandra and I am a single mom of two little boys. And earlier this year, I left a 20-year career in corporate marketing and am now living my truth as a life and business coach. And uh, the name Moonshine actually came because um, my name in Sanskrit means shining moon. So I thought that was, I've always like been attracted to, to that concept and also like the phases of the moon and a little bit woo-woo here and there. And then someone brought to my attention, well, Moonshine, like the drink is the strongest alcohol out there. And I feel like through my journey, I've become very, very strong in my values and in my, um, in who I am. So I, so it's kind of like multi-layered, like the name itself. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot there. And that's super interesting the way that your name ties into that. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And then, so you're into the woo then. I'm definitely into the woo. Um, I like to help heart centered women and by heart centered, I mean, um, you know, guided by the heart, like a heart-centered woman has empathy and strong values and she's open and willing to learn and she's ready to evolve into her highest self. So that's who I really want to work with. And um, I, I help her essentially figure out who she is and what she really wants. Because a lot of times as women and especially mothers, um, we're never asked those questions. We experience a lot of martyrdom and a lot of perfectionism in terms of we're supposed to be the ones holding the family together, doing all the things, making sure everything gets done, taking care of everyone else's needs. And when I actually sit down with a client and ask her what she wants, oftentimes she doesn't know. So that's part of my process is I help her figure out who she is, what she wants. And then we use those learnings to really either find or create a career option that provides her with fulfillment and financial freedom. So it could be that she is just not in the right position, um, or it could be that she wants to start her own business, or she wants to continue in a nine-to-five and have a side hustle, whatever it looks like, that feels right and aligned to her. That's really great and very, very well put, especially, you know, because as women, we have this should list and we're just going and doing it. You don't really realize until you stop for a moment, and especially if you want to write it down, um, what you really want. Mm-hmm. 
because you're like, totally. well, I have this, this should, I should do this. And that's Absolutely. what I'm doing. <laughs> and, um, it, it's interesting, you know, a lot of people think that, that that's what, you know, that we've been raised that we do all these things, we take care of all these people and that's what we should do. Mm-hmm. But it, an interesting, um, like analogy or metaphor that comes to mind when I hear things like what you said is, you know, like when you're on the airplane, mm-hmm. if, if there's an issue and the oxygen masks fall down, you have to put yours on first yep. before you can help small children. And so, you know, a lot of women are going at this should list, giving it all they got, and they can't at some point because they're burnt out. They're exhausted. They don't Mm -hmm. actually have those, those wants and those priorities in line. And so, you know, you, you can't help someone else if, if you're in, in the trouble. (laughs) So exactly. Yeah. You can't pour from an empty cup. So Right. right. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. If your cup is empty, if you're not getting the oxygen you need, you don't have your right. mask on, right? You, you can't help other people. You can't um, really show up. So totally. there's, there's nothing selfish. In fact, it's completely the opposite of stopping, you know, to evaluate what it is you're doing and why and get that clarity and that vision. Exactly. And that's kind of how my journey started because about five years ago, I was living essentially I was living someone else's life. I had been under, I had been shitted on my whole life, shitted on. <laughs> and essentially, you know, I checked all the boxes. I went to college and went to grad school and met a husband and had the two kids and built a big house. And I was living this life that on paper and on social media looked amazing. And I was miserable because I didn't know who I was what I was here for, how I was supposed to move in the world. I was unhappy in my marriage. I was unhappy in my job. Um, And it wasn't allowing me to be the best mother, the best friend, the best daughter that I could be. Um, So it really sort of, uh, it sort of took off about five years ago. I read the book Rising Strong by Brene Brown. And I am obsessed with her. And you know, it spoke to me in ways that I, I don't think if I had, if I had read it earlier, it would have spoken to me the same way, but I was obviously in the right place to receive her message. And it just sort of led me on this journey of self-discovery and personal development that um, culminated in uh, me leaving my marriage, which was ended up being the best thing for everybody because we're great friends now and he's remarried and we're all, you know, one big happy family and it works for everyone. And you know, eventually culminated in me leaving my nine to five corporate career, which was also um, just draining for me. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't being my highest self, which is something that I help my clients to find is what does, what does it look like to be your highest self? Um, And so that's, that's kind of how I got here. I ended up initially when I was going to leave, I knew I was going to leave my nine to five um, late last year, but I thought at first, oh, I'll just do like social media consulting because that's what I did a lot of in my corporate job was social media and PR. And I hired a business coach and we started, you know, to develop the plan. And I think it was like the second call. I said, oh my God, I want to be a coach. Like, I don't want to do the consulting, like that part, like the doing the social media for other people. I was like, I I can do it. It's like, it's easy for me, but I didn't want to do it. It wasn't like lighting my fire. And when I was going through like, what is a transformation and like, you know, all the, the mindset stuff is when it really like kicked in for me that, Oh my God, this is what I meant to do. And ever since then, it's been like, 
a slingshot. Like as soon as I realized it and felt it like in my body that that was what I was supposed to do, it's been like all uphill since then. Oh, awesome. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's great when you find that, you know, calling that you click with yes. and, and you can like rock it out like that. Um, and, and where you had started there is very common. It's kind of an experience that a lot of coaches that I work with have and clients and myself is when you're living that life that, you know, on paper just looks so perfect mm-hmm. and yet you're miserable. Mm-hmm. And, and, I think that's a difficult thing for a lot of people in that situation to reach out for help because they're like, you know, nobody wants to hear that I'm depressed or that I'm suffering because I have this perfect life. And then, you know, they're beating, they're beating themselves up for not being happy, for not appreciating this perfect life. And, um, it's actually very common and you, you can get to a rock bottom if you just keep going that way and keep silently suffering. So, you know, coaches are a great resource there to help you dig in, figure out what it is that you're missing there, you know, that yep. purpose that you talked about and, you know, learning that. And so you can enjoy your life, you know, whether it seems perfect or messy or however it looks on paper, if you're actually enjoying it, that's what counts. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I think too, it was like a lot of, um, I didn't even realize I was so miserable, but it was showing up in other forms. I was drinking a lot. I was just sarcastic a lot. Like I just was, I was essentially showing my pain through other ways. And when I finally stopped to listen to what like my mind and my body was trying to tell me through all of those unhealthy coping mechanisms is when I was able to actually sort of dig in and figure out what it was that was missing. Because again, there's nothing, I mean, that lifestyle is something that I still want. Um, I still want to get married again. And I, you know, I love the, the family dynamic and all of those things. It just, that particular situation was not right for me. And I had to listen to my body uh, as to why that was not, not right for me. I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling heard in my relationship. I wasn't feeling seen. You know, there were a lot of underlying issues of worthiness that I was struggling with that I wasn't able to um, to not only find in my marriage and within my other relationships, but I hadn't found it in myself yet. And I think that was the biggest, um, wake up moment for me. Right. Okay. So awesome. You help your clients with this. And I have a lot of notes from some really amazing things that I've learned from, from your bio and your information. But, um, so before maybe we get into that, so you're working with women Mm -hmm. and you're looking to help, you know, them with life and business. So Mm -hmm. what is maybe just some more, and you've kind of pretty put it pretty eloquently, but for someone listening out there, like that might be your client, Mm -hmm. what, what is your ideal client? And then how, what is it that you do for them? Sure. So, so like I said, in terms of heart centered women, that's, that's number one. Um, but several of them also happen to be moms. And I feel like, um, as a mom myself, um, I'm able to communicate differently because some coaches out there um, haven't, you know, aren't, aren't in that phase of life yet. Uh, I am older, I'm 43. So I'm like, you know, I've just, I've been around the block a little bit. <laughs> like some of the moms that I talk to kind of appreciate that because, you know, you know, we do have, our priorities are a little bit different. Um, and even I have two single moms that are my clients as well. So I, I always feel like your ideal client is you 10 steps behind. 
Um, And I really have found that to be the case because you're not only teaching and coaching on the things, um, you know, that, that you have studied, but you're also sharing your own experiences. And a lot of times that's more valuable even, um, and the tools that you use to overcome certain things. Um, sometimes that is, is, is what is like the game changer. Uh, and so I oftentimes feel like when I meet like my soulmate clients, they're me about five years ago and they may already be divorced or you know, be happy in their marriage, but they're on a stage of that personal journey. Like they've already realized that something is missing and they are taking the steps to figure out what that is, but they might not know what those steps are. So, um, she's oftentimes like in a nine to five job that she hates and is like ready to make a move. Um, and a lot of my clients do end up going down the route of entrepreneurship, whether it becomes their full-time gig or, or it just is like a side passion project. Um, there is some element of that, of the process that I walk them through in figuring out what they're good at, what they love to do and what can make them money. Right. Yeah. And that, that's a great service. I think that there are a lot of moms out there that do want to be an entrepreneur or to have a side hustle, to have that, that other part of themselves fulfilled. Um, and you know, there are, there are women also that are mom, CEO all the way, you know, and, and that's what they're doing. And that's absolutely perfect as well. But for, for those that, you know, want that career or that side hustle, um, like you said, the financial freedom and things that come along with that, um, it can be like, where do I start? Especially as a mom, you know, Mm -hmm. I need to have that balance. I have all this mom stuff going on. Um, Where do I start? How do I do it? And having someone who has been there um, Mm -hmm. is definitely a huge value from that experience. Yeah. And and I think it also, like we were talking about earlier with them not ever having been asked what they want, it it becomes this... um, becomes a way for them to experience themselves. And really it, it's, it's, it, they're not just use it under the moniker of mom or, you know, daughter or wife or whatever. It's something that really truly means something to them and feels aligned to them. Um, and it, I think it, it like boosts your confidence when you have something that you're passionate about and you're good at and people, it serves other people in some way. Um, it can really empower you and, you know, it's it's sort of a ripple effect into the other areas of your life. You just feel more accomplished and you feel more, um, just more aligned, I think, to the person that you want to be. Yes, that that's true. That's a great point. I have noticed that when, when I'm being coached, you know, even if you're focusing on one particular issue or thing in your life, as you grow and you, you know, in that area, it, still spreads to other aspects of your life. It's part of that filling your cup that we were talking about earlier. Then that's really what it is. It's, it's finding things that, that truly light you up and, and fulfill you. And then that's what fills your cup that you're able to then spill over into, into the other people in your life. Yeah. And um, in my mind, I'm taking that even further because we were, I was talking about all the hats people wear, but it's like, you know, you are filling a cup, you're, you're also, and it doesn't have to be alcoholic, um, but you're a mixed drink (laughs) and you know, you might have some bitters in there or some sweet. And if you're pouring too much of that, you know, yeah, if you're diluting the actual mix that you, 
um, you're not, what's coming out is not. I love that yeah, analogy. It's, it's not exactly, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. When you, when you hit that drink and you're like, that's it. That's the perfect, yes. you know, whatever. So yeah, we are the mixologists of our lives. <laughs> Ooh, that, I like that it. That balance is what creates the perfect, the perfect drink in our cup. Exactly. <laughs> totally. I love it. I like that. We just came up with a new thing there, I think. <laughs> there you go. And I also love, you know, how you described your ideal client as you 10 steps behind or five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've seen a lot of people out there reaching out with different marketing things and like, this is how you describe your client. This is how you make your niche and this is their business. And I've, I've never heard it put that way. And, and I think that's perfect. Um, to focus on, you know, I know most of our listeners are people who are, you know, looking to learn about coaches, mm-hmm. but if we have any, you know, coaches out there who are listening, um, because coaches have coaches as well, that's, Absolutely. that's, that's a, something to think about when you're working with people. It's, um, you know, what you know and what you've learned is where your, you know, your experience is to, to help lead others through that. And I think that that's a, an, unique value that each person has based on their own experiences. And so I really, I really like looking at it that way. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and, and when you say coaches have coaches, I mean, Oprah has a coach, Tony Robbins has a coach, like every, I've, I don't trust a coach unless she has a coach (laughs) or at least has had one uh, in the past. So I, I always have a coach because I feel like there's this, if it's a line, right. And I'm in the middle my clients are on one end that they're a few steps behind me. And then my coach is a few steps in front of me. So it's always like, I'm always able to follow somebody's direction and then able to share those learnings with somebody who's coming up behind me. And it just, as we move down the line, those people get to help more and more people. And it really becomes this ripple effect. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I found, you know, coaches aren't a monolith. There's, you know, no group is, but most of the coaches that I talk to, they got into coaching because of their experience with a coach mm-hmm. and, and they want to, you know, lead those people. And Absolutely. when you have those coaches that the master coaches or that have been in there for years, they can't coach everyone. Nope. So, and that's another reason I have this podcast. People are like, well, you're a coach and you're helping other coach find clients. Well, I can't coach everyone. Right. <laughs> and right. I'm not, I'm not the right coach for everyone. Exactly. So, you know, I want to help people. I've been helped. I want to help people. And, and this is how we do it. You know, you hook them up with that person like them who's further along and that can guide them and give them that hand up. Absolutely. I have, a, I have one client who has been, um, she's, she's trying to explore what her coaching process might look like. And, you know, she keeps hitting that imposter syndrome and she's like, well, but I'm not an expert in this. I'm not an expert in this. She's like, and I was, I tried to refer to this scenario and I said, you know what, to somebody five steps behind you, you are the expert. And she's like, well, if I'm going to hire someone, I'm going to hire the biggest and the best. And I looked at her and I said, am I the biggest and the best? It's like, no, I was like, exactly. You liked me. You know me. You liked me. You trusted me. There was something about the way that I, that we spoke that you felt aligned to work with me. And she was like, okay, you're right. I mean, it was really kind of like a breakthrough moment where she was like, okay, I got it now. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, it's like every person has their role in this coaching journey. Um, and whenever, my clients, especially the ones who want to become coaches or service providers, 
when they do experience that imposter syndrome um, or comparisonitis where they're looking at what everyone else is doing, it's like, it's like, no, nobody can do it the way you can do it. You are here for a reason. The experiences that you have had as an individual are what is shaping your specific practice and you're going to, only you are going to be able to help certain people at certain times in their life. And that's it. I mean, it has nothing to do with what bigger and better quote unquote people are doing because they are on their own journey in helping the other people. So right. it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting way to look at, cause I know I felt the same way, especially in the beginning. I was like, what, what is, I'm brand new. Who's going to listen to me, but I, I had to really go deep. Um, and that's what I, do with my clients as well as going deep into those, what are those core beliefs that are limiting us from, from doing what we know we're supposed to do um, and really kind of shining a light on them uh, and figuring out A, where they came from and B, are they serving us or the person that we want to become or not? And then, you know, those core beliefs of, of unworthiness or not enoughness, those are the ones that tend to come up to the surface more times than not, especially with coaches and, you know, once, once you're able to shine a light on them, like you're half the work is done. It's like just recognizing them is, is a big part of the work because then you're able to reframe them. And, right. you know, it could be through affirmations or journaling or whatever, but that's that, that's that deep inner work um, that I'm so drawn to in, in the coaching process. And um, one analogy that I like to use with, uh, with, with reframing limiting beliefs is, um, like anyone who's been married and taken someone's last name, when you first took that last name, it felt weird. It was like, that's not my last name, but you're telling people it is, you're writing it down, you're changing your bank account, you're doing, you're signing your name. And eventually it becomes your last name and you start to see it as your last name. And then you look back and you, and your maiden name seems weird and unusual. So it's like the same process. It's like when you start to reframe a belief and you start to truly believe it, it takes time. It feels weird at first and it feels like you're lying to yourself at first. Um, but it's just that consistency that over time it, it, it does truly transform and you start to see yourself um, in the way that you know you're meant to be. Right. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of people out there that have these self-limiting beliefs and don't really see how it's affecting them and how it's a problem or that they're not true. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the first, one of the first concepts I learned when I learned about thought work and and coaching was everything you think is not true. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, these kind of basic principles are, are not taught to us and people don't realize them or the power that you receive when you realize that everything I think is not true and that Mm -hmm. it's actually even more important what thoughts serve me, whether they may be true or not, and that I'm in control of that. And something that every one of my clients can repeat ad nauseum is that I tell them there is a difference between a belief and a fact. And for something to be a fact, it has to be 100% true 100% of the time for 100% of the people. And if that's not the case, then it's not a fact, it's a belief. And so, and, you know, and, you know, as, as I'm sure, you know, too, like your beliefs are what are in control of your feelings that are in control of your actions that are in control of your reality. So it's changing a belief. You can actually change that whole dynamic and change the world around you. 
Right, right. I, I tell people <laughs> this story all the time. Um, you know, if, if I go into a room and there's a chair and I think, okay, that chair is going to hold me up, you know, that's a belief. Mm-hmm. And then when I sit in that chair and put all my weight in it and the mm-hmm. chair is holding me, then that proves that belief was true and that I really believed it because mm-hmm. I put all my weight on it. So I once went to a ropes course, right? And they strapped me up all these tight ropes. They look very secure. I know they're secure, right? I go up, get way above the ground, go to step out onto a tight wire. And I say, nope, <laughs> turn around, <laughs> back down to the ground. Yeah. Um, so I knew in my mind, other people were doing it. It was going to hold mm-hmm. me. It was strong, mm-hmm. but I didn't actually believe that mm, yep. until I went back later, you know, I worked on it and I was willing to put my weight on it and step yeah. out. So I think, you know, a lot with those self-limiting beliefs, you know, I say, I, you know, picture people, you know, like I've been sometimes you, you're commuting to work, you got Lizzo playing and you're like, yeah, I'm awesome. Uh But then, you know, when you get to the office and you're miserable and you're, ah, why did I send that email with that typo? I'm I'm the dumbest person ever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's not showing that you actually believe, you know that you're a hundred percent that bitch. Sorry for right. that. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love but, it. So, and that's totally. something that, like you said, when, when you work with the coach one-on-one, you really can dig into those beliefs yes. and, and find out what's there and, you know, work to, to change those beliefs that aren't serving you. <laughs> I was, I was going to go back to what you said earlier, you know, Tony has a coach, Oprah has a coach. <laughs> and I think that's when people are like, you know, I want the best of the best. It's, it's actually, a self-limiting belief, a perfectionist mm-hmm. thing that they're using to hold themselves back, yep. you know, because if you're thinking you, I'm going to work, you know, with the best coach ever, um, you might not be able to afford that coach. Uh, that yeah. coach probably is a bit busy. So what you're really doing is just not getting a coach. Totally. Yeah. Oh, oh. I mean, I feel like I read somewhere Tony Robbins costs like a hundred thousand dollars to coach. I mean, it's like insane. <laughs> Which right. good for him. He can charge that. But Absolutely. Like right out of the gate, you know, I, I couldn't afford that right now, but. <laughs> right. And well, and then I definitely couldn't either. And <laughs> even with what people can afford, you already, yeah. they have beliefs about yeah. that. Yep. That may not be true. The first time I reached out to a coach, um, she was a master coach and she was like, Hey, I don't, you know, I don't think this is a good fit for you right now. And, um, this is what I charge normally. And I was like, Whoo, thank goodness. She told me no, because I, <laughs> yeah, I can't afford this. And I would have said yes to her. Um, fa- fast forward a few months later, um, my life had got, gotten worse. Things had gotten worse. And I, you know, was talking to another coach and, um, it was the same price. And I was like, Nope, I need this. It's worth it. Mm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I invested and it was worth every penny. And, you know, you don't know that when you're in that, you know, certain headspace yet. Totally. So totally. And part of that is the transformation happens in the transaction, because when you spend that, when you invest in yourself like that, um, cause I too, I have a coach right now and he, he it's a, a man. I, he was actually the most expensive coach I've ever invested in. But I knew that he could get me the results that I was paying for and that I was going to, because again, he was like five steps ahead of me. And, um, and the, the fact that 
knowing that I had that much, um, like skin in the game, I hate that analogy, but that much skin in the game, <laughs> that like I was going to do the work. Right. Cause if it's, if it's like not a big investment for you, if it's just like a, whatever, it's like a, you know, online course or whatever, I'll get to it when I get to it. You're not as invested in making the change. And when it is an uncomfortable monetary investment, you're much more likely to really be all in and, and, you know, trust the process and do the work. Right. Right. And it's important to get to that place where you realize that, you know, it helps, like you said, when you know the coach is going to get you there, but the investment. And I think some of the reason that, that people are hesitant to invest in coaching is it's an investment in you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and some I people, mean, it's like a gym membership, right? right I mean, people right. invest uh, in, a, in hundreds of dollars in a gym membership every month and don't even bat an eye. And it's like, well, <laughs> you're investing in yourself. And if you don't go, guess what? You're not going to see the results. So. Right. Yeah. And, and until you are willing to make that investment and do the work, nothing's going to change. And I think that that's something that people do struggle with. And so, you know, for those that are out there listening, um, I know you can tell from, from listening to Sandra that there's so much value here to, you know, to that's accessible to you if you are willing to invest in yourself and mm-hmm. um, it can enhance your life you know, beyond what you can even comprehend right now where you are. And then you, you also grow, I mean, with coaches and with areas in your life, Mm -hmm. like you said, you might connect with someone and they're an amazing coach. And then, you know, you decide, Hey, I'm going to work with a business coach or Mm -hmm. another coach. And, you know, or you might work with that coach for years and years, but it's still, once you get your foot in the door and you start working with someone that you connect with, you really start you know, to learn and grow and see what all is out there for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had business coaches, energy coaches, sales coaches, like anything that I felt like I needed help with at that particular point in my life is what I was looking to somebody, to an expert in that field who was doing what I wanted to be doing. Um, And then just, again, learning from their experiences, just like I teach my clients through my experiences. Right. Yeah. And I know that, um, I was listening to one of the master coaches that I follow once and, and she was talking about how she had a coach and I love the way I love what she said, because it's so true. Even the more you grow and as you get coached and you learn, or if you become a coach yourself, um, you become even better at managing your mind, but you can also, you know, you can also do the, still the mental gymnastics. And what mm-hmm. she said was, I have a coach because sometimes I still buy my own bullshit. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. You need someone to hold you accountable and to be that support system because I'm not, I'm not so into sports, but I know that the coach does not play the game, right? The coach is there right. to support the players, to give them you know, advice and, and share experiences with them, but they have to go out there and do the work and play the game. Um, and I think that's where, people who who play the game and who do the work are the ones who really really get the most out of having a coach um, versus people that are still maybe a little bit in victim mode or they're looking for someone to come in and save you know change their life but they don't want to actually do anything they don't want to take any risks or make any changes and you know it's everyone else's fault and all of these things, like those people are not going to thrive with a coach until they're ready to really take an honest look at the things in their life that are holding them back. Right. Yeah. You have to get to that point where 
you know that the work and challenging your beliefs and your thoughts, it is going to be work and it is going to be hard, Mm -hmm. but you have to get to that point where you realize that what you're doing now, (laughs) the struggling Mm -hmm. and the just, you know, white knuckling it through and just trying to get by, that's harder. Yes. Yeah. And the only way the only way to your goals is through the the fear and the uncomfortableness and all of those things. You, there's no, like I had a post today, there's no going around it. There's no going over it. There's no going under it. You have to go through it. And once you go through it and get out on the other side and you look back and you're like, wow, A, why did I wait so long <laughs> to go through it? Right, and right. B, like, oh my gosh, this is what, I, this is what life it, it could be like, um, once you're, once you're through that. So there's like, there's four, um, zones, right? You start with your comfort zone, which is where everything's comfortable and fine. And, you know, nothing is, is really, is really pushing you, but you're also not living to your true potential. And you move through the comfort zone into the fear zone. And this is where most people get freaked out. They turn around, they run back into the comfort zone. They say, no, 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 that's too scary. I don't want to deal with that. But if you move through the fear zone, you get into the learning zone. And the learning zone is where you start to absorb information and you're starting to make changes. And it's still a little bit scary, but you're starting to really see and understand the big picture. And then you move into the growth zone. And that's really where you're able to look back and see how far you've gone. Um, and, And that's where you start to become your highest self and you're able to really look at life from that perspective, which is a totally different perspective than what you were looking at life through when you were in the comfort zone. Right. Awesome. That's an amazing like tool and way to visualize that. And what I would, would add or and you probably say this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you go through those zones and it, it's a cyclical process. Like mm-hmm. then once you've gone through that growth and you've come to that place, you're back in a new comfort zone mm-hmm. that's true. and you, yeah. can, you can do it all over again. Absolutely. And that's, and that's kind of life. You keep growing and you keep going through these cycles. Yep. And I think, you know, once you get used to that process, you know, it gets easier to go through it and be like, Oh yeah, I remember the yeah. <laughs> exactly. you know, comfort and, you know, you, you grow and you learn. And when you, especially like for perfectionists that we've talked about, and that I, I work a lot with perfectionists, um, even when they have all these achievements in their life, once they start moving out of that comfort zone into fear again, it's like, oh, wait, 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 I can mm-hmm. do that perfectly. Or they've, you know, come to yeah. a level of comfortability where it feels close to perfect for them. And they're like, but this new thing, I, it's, I'm going to fail. I'm, it's, it's going to be mistakes. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's just going to be a mess. And, and that's the part that you, you know, where they say get comfortable with discomfort because yeah. that's, that's how it goes. Failure is yeah. part of the process. Fear happens. Um, but you keep going and then you get to the learning and you get to the growth and that that's yeah. the process and that makes you stronger. And, you know, that makes you, that's what makes you grow is that breaking down process. Yeah. And, and one thing that um, I always talk to my clients about is, is clarity follows action and it follows messy action. So if they have a, a goal in mind that's, you know, way down here, I can't, can't see my hands, but like way down here. And they're <laughs> starting at this point to, to make that giant leap to the goal is, it seems impossible. And it, and it is, 
But what they can do is take that next step, right? That next messy action, whether it's a post or reaching out to somebody or signing up for a course or hiring a coach, whatever that action is, they're going to learn from it. And they're going to either learn this felt right and aligned and I'm on the right path, or it did not feel right or aligned and I need to pivot. And that's the whole process. Because once you do that, then you do the next thing and then the next thing the next thing. And then you look back and you're like, Oh my God, I've, I've come so far. Like I have with my clients, when we start together, I always have them journal, like, how are they feeling in that moment? What's going on in their lives? So they can look back in 12 weeks on that feeling because they've almost gotten to a point where they don't remember that person anymore, which is such a cool feeling, but it's also so important to look back and see all the work that you've done because you may not be quote unquote, there yet to the end of whatever that goal is, but you are so much closer than you were and you know that you can do it. So it's like taking, you know, take, breaking everything down into these bite-sized chunks and knowing that you're going to, sorry, you're going to fuck up. Like you're just going to, it's going to happen and to be okay with it. And to know that there's no such thing as failure. It's all feedback. Whatever you did, quote unquote, wrong is teaching you something, how to do something differently. And there's some, there's real power in that, um, that knowing that you can't, you can't do it wrong. <laughs> like whatever you're doing, whatever, however you're moving forward in the process is the right thing for you at the time. And you're going to learn from it. Right. Like you said, and I don't know if that's an original, uh, quote or not, but no such thing as failure. It's all feedback. That's part of, um, that comes from the um, study of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. That's one of their tenets is that there's no such thing as failure is all feedback. And I love, I love, love, love that because it's so true. It just, it, it puts you in an empowered place uh, to move through life, I think. Right. It, and because when you're looking at that, when you're doing something and you're, and you're like you said, nothing's gone wrong, nothing, you know, it's, you're supposed to fail. Mm-hmm. Nobody just goes out there and just does it right. Mm-hmm. every, every time, especially if it's something new, <laughs> you exactly. know, you fail, it's feedback. You learn from it, you revise, you pivot, wh- whatever, you know, works and you keep going until you've refined it and you get to success. Exactly. And then you keep going. And then the same thing happens again and again and again. And it's like no entrepreneur ends up in the same place that they started in. Like they had to figure it all out. And the only way to figure it out is through action because you can sit there and you can wait and, you know, develop business plans and do all your research and do, and, and just sit there on it <laughs> and do nothing. And it's never going to happen. But once you just start taking the messy action, I started my Instagram page with a stock photo and a quote I got from Google. <laughs> That's literally how I started it a few months ago. And now I have like 2000 followers of people who heart centered women who are wanting to change their life. And that is how it all starts. It's just messy action. Awesome. So true. So true. And then, you know, other women, and it's very common in entrepreneurs that I've talked to, they see something, you know, like that. And they, you know, she has this many followers and and she's been doing this for a few months and and I've been doing it for a few months and, and I've got, you know, 10 followers. And I'm like, you know, I had talked to someone recently, not comparing to you, but comparing to people like that. And I Mm -hmm. said, well, here are some of the master coaches that I follow. Here are their pages they've got a hundred more followers than I do. Yeah. And I'm like, they've been here for years more than me. And trust me, they have a bigger business and more clients than I do. Absolutely. It's just, it's a vanity metric. And the only reason I think I 
have grown so quickly is because again, my background is in social media. <laughs> like I, I know how to work this, not work the system, but work with the algorithm. And, you know, I, I understand it just all makes sense to me. And that's part of the, the services that I provide towards the end of my coaching program right. is like helping them build uh, whatever their, their brand is online. Right. And, and not putting down what you've accomplished mm-hmm. either, but that's kind of, that's where I was going. Like you see a lot of these things where people are posting about how much money they made in a month mm-hmm. and two months and three months. And, you know, I tell people, I'm like, that's the tip of their iceberg. Like you see yeah. in that kind of teaching, you don't see what they've done for years and years and years yep. um, in their journey and their process to get to that. Like they didn't just show up one morning and decide to do that. And that happened for them. Not that exactly. that can't happen sometimes, extremely rare. Usually they have, you know, years of experiences and failures in other mm-hmm. arenas that gave them, you know, the background, the experiences to, to come out and try something that was actually new to them, but they'd been doing all this other stuff. And so the success is not overnight. (laughs) No, no. There was a quote, uh, the day that you plant the seed is not the day that you pick the fruit. It's like you, you, it's all, it's all about time and patience and and consistency. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely. Yeah. And you might, have different soul where you planted your fruit than someone else. So, you know, that, that comparison is definitely not, not good for you because we're all on different journeys and the, you just keep taking that messy action and the success will come for you on your journey. Totally. So you had talked about some other things that I, I was interested in personally, like, Mm -hmm. um, human design. I oh, have yeah. I've been hearing about that and I actually haven't come across that in any of my training. What, what is that about? Yeah. So I have two main tools that, um, that I use with my clients in the first month. So I have a three month coaching program. The first month is where we really sort of design the bones of whatever the thing is going to be. And then the next two months is where we like, you know, add meat to the bones and then create action. But in that process of figuring it all out, that's really the deepest, deepest work. And I have two tools. One is the Gallup Clifton Strengths. Uh, it used to be called Strengths Finder. They just changed the name. And one is Human Design. So the Gallup Clifton Strengths is an assessment created by the Gallup organization about 40 years ago. And it's a language of 34 most common talents in humans. And the test itself, you take it, um, I think it takes like 30 minutes. It gives you your top five strengths in a specific order. And the descriptions in the report are personal to you based on that order and the strengths themselves. So only one in 33 million people have the same exact top five strengths. So it's very, very personal to the way that you answer the questions. Um, And the way that they're assigned is within four different themes. so there's uh, there's some in the re- relating theme and some in the influencing theme. And those themes are external facing. That means that whatever those talents are that live in those themes are external facing. Then there's executional and thinking. And those are internal themes. So in looking at someone's, at a client's um, top five strengths, it's very interesting to see, okay, do you have strengths in all four buckets? Do you have most of them in one or another? Um, oftentimes people in a sales position 
who have mostly thinking skills, which is an internal facing skill, they're not going to, to like being in a sales position where you have to be communicating with people all the time. So it's really interesting to look at, um, at how essentially how you're built in terms of what your top talents are. So it's a great tool uh, that sort of takes into account the client's own answers. And then what I do is I, that's the first, that's our first uh, call together is figuring all that out. The second call is all about human design. So here's where it's like a little bit more woo-woo. It's, um, it's also an assessment tool, but this one is based in the spiritual. So it comes from um, pieces from the I Ching, the Chinese I Ching, the uh, uh, Kabbalah, astrology, the chakras, all that spiritual, plus the scientific. So some quantum physics, energy work, uh, biogenetics, things like that. So based on the date, time, and place of your birth, a human design chart can provide a personal uh, energetic blueprint or almost like a user manual for your life. And your unique chart helps you to understand really how you work best and how to best make life work for you. So in a basic chart, you'll find, um, and it looks very confusing when you first look at it. It's got all these different colored lines and shapes and sizes and all these weird words. And it, it takes a minute, but, um, but the four like main sort of pieces to understand off the, off the bat are your type, your strategy, your not self theme and your authority. And what that means is your type is there are five types. And this tells you essentially how you as a individual were designed to live as your highest self. So as that type, you have a strategy and a not self theme. And your strategy is essentially how you're meant to communicate in the world and how you're supposed to feel if you are communicating and living as you're in your human design. And your not self theme is how you're how you will likely feel if you are not living within your human design. So for instance, my type, I'm a manifester. So I'm, I'm like a weird 9% of the population. Like I'm, I'm kind of a, a unique one. But my type is meant to initiate. So a lot of the other types are meant to, um, not re- rely is the wrong word, but they, they are supposed to take in information from other types before they can make, um, take action. So for instance, Uh, a generator, their strategy is to respond. They have to actually have something to respond to in the world before they take an action. Um, A projector's strategy is to wait to be invited. So they need to be invited into a situation or asked a question before they can take action. Whereas a manifester can just take action no matter what. And if I'm living in my strategy, if I'm informing, which is my strategy, I have to inform those around me of the actions that I'm taking. Otherwise, they feel like they're not involved and then they start to get frustrated with me. And I've lived this into my entire life <laughs> where like, I know that I, in my head, I'm like, oh no, I know what's going on, but I have to inform others who are affected as to what is going on as an FYI. Um, if I don't do that, then they get mad. So my not self theme then is, um, uh, oh crap, what is my not self theme? Uh, oh, anger. Mine is anger. So I get angry if people are trying to, um, if I'm not informing people and then I feel like they're trying to control me or manipulate me or something like that. Mine is anger. Um, for a generator, it's, um, 
it's frustration. They get frustrated if, if there's nothing to respond to. So there's a lot of like things going on within that, that are sort of general. Um, and then your authority is how you're designed to make decisions. So there are six different authorities and however, like a lot of manifesting generators and generators uh, have a sacral authority, which means that in their, like where their sacral chakra is, it's like their gut. They are supposed to listen, actually feel into their gut when they make a decision. So it's like a guttural reaction. Um, and usually it's to a yes or no question. So if you were to ask a generator, what do you want for dinner? They might be like, I don't know. But if you were like, do you want tacos? They will know yes or no, <laughs> like immediately. Uh, it's just like a guttural yeah. response. Yeah. You're probably, I, I, you're probably a sacral. And then I get that a lot. People are like, well, then you know what you want because you're giving this feedback. And I'm like, no, really, I don't. But when you say certain things, yes, then I know, you know, I have feedback on those. Yes. Well, you'll have to send me uh, or or either run your chart or send me your information and I'll run your chart for you. Because I bet you're, I bet you're like a manifesting generator with a sacral authority. I just, just in speaking with you. But, um, but yeah, my authority is splenic, which means that I am supposed to listen to my intuition, which is different than your gut because it's more of like a whisper. It's more of like just a feeling. And I've had this my whole life and I've never been able to explain it until I read into and learned about human design, which is where something goes through my body like briefly and then it's gone. It's like a weird word or a thought or, you know, and once it's gone, it's gone. But if I pay attention to it and then I start to see it more and more, I know that that's what's meant for me. So Um, it's funny. I was listening to a book by Gabby Bernstein. Um, the universe has your back. If you've ever read that, it's really, it's a great, like initial woo woo book. (laughs) It's like a starter, (laughs) a starter book. And her whole thing was that she would ask the universe for guidance and, um, her symbol that she would see were owls. And so whenever she was looking for guidance from the universe, she was on the right path. She would see owls everywhere. Well, I was listening to the book and I was in my car on my way to meet a friend for dinner. And I just said, universe, what, what is my, what is my symbol? And I heard the word grapes. And I was like, grapes, like, <laughs> that's my thing. Seriously. Like, okay, whatever. And I kind of just like shrugged it off and I went about my day and I got to dinner with my friend and I swear to God, she said the word grapes in our conversation. And I almost like dropped my fork. I was like, what did you say? <laughs> and after that, I saw grapes everywhere. I saw them I heard the word. I read the word, like my kids' books. There'd be like, G is for grapes. You know, it was just like everything was grapes. And I was like, okay, okay, I get it now. And I had this sense of like calm almost, like, oh, you're on the right path. Like, you're good. And so there's something around that. Um, I think, again, that was before I learned really about human design, but knowing now that my intuition and that like is, is how I'm supposed to make decisions has been really, really valuable. So, um, so yeah, so I go through those two, uh, exercises with my clients and if we're able to see sort of who they are it, through, through two different lenses to see, um, you know, what they're naturally good at and then what they're designed for. Um, and then we come together and we create, um, a, we create lists of what do you love? What are you naturally good at? And what can you, what, how can you serve others and make money? 
And so we, it's like this whole process. This takes about three weeks, three different calls to go through this process. But we finally come to a place where it's like, okay, here's something using your strengths and using your human design, how you can affect change or whatever in this world, however it looks to you. Um, whatever service you can provide that can make money and help people and what's going to feel fulfilling to you. And I haven't had an experience yet where we haven't figured out something. I mean, it takes longer with some people, but there's always something that they can align on that they can start taking action towards. And again, it might change because once they start taking the action, they might realize, oh, this isn't what I want to do. I want to do a variation on this. Do you ever go through them again after a period of time, like a reevaluation kind of? Not, not as much. It's more like now that we have the lens, it's easier mm-hmm. to look at the, the feedback, right? So when they start right. doing something and something doesn't quote unquote work out, it's like, okay, let's take a step back. Are you using all of your strengths? Are you living in your human design? Like, let's make sure that you're aligned in all these places because that's what's going to provide you the fulfillment. Trying to live someone else's life is not going to do it. And doing something that everyone else is doing is not going to do it. Right. Yeah, I was just wondering about how, you know, the flexibility and the change um, within that because I think probably after, sometimes when they first take those evaluations and then they start working with you and stepping out and doing these things, um, they might find that there are certain aspects of them that were not mm-hmm. how they may have thought they were. And a lot of times after they, after we align on that thing, the next, the next thing we have to do is go through roadblocks because essentially once they are excited about something and once they start looking into doing, taking the action, that's when those limiting beliefs pop up. And that's when we have to start doing that inner work. So I, I kind of have my process broken down into four steps. So it's like superpowers, dream life, roadblocks, inspired action. So within that first month, we go through what are your superpowers? What does your dream life look like? Like, what are we working towards? Now what's standing in your way? And then once we have all that accomplished, we can move. It's like a slingshot then with, with you know, starting to move forward into whatever that is that they want to do. And that's just really, I mean, it's not like written anywhere. It's just kind of my process, like, because I feel like you have to know where you are and then you have to know where you want to go. Then you need to look at what's standing in your way. And once you can remove that, you can take the action. And that's true, I think, in any coaching process. It's not just career-based. It's like, that's, that's essentially what every coach does is they help solve. They're that bridge between where you are and where you want to be. Right. And I had recently done a post about superpowers um, and it says being you is your superpower. And, you know, I think that's important. And it sounds like that's part of your process of finding your purpose. You know, it's what you want and how things, you know, align with who you are um, Mm -hmm. that that creates, you know, how the actions that you take and and how the best ones for you and no one else can do it that way. Exactly. It's how you show up and how you do it. And that, that is your superpower in life is you can offer the value that only you can offer. (laughs) Exactly. Totally. I mean, you're the only, what is, there's a Dr. Seuss quote. It's like, you are the, be the youest you, or you're the only you that can, I don't know, I'm I'm wrecking it now, but there's a cute Dr. Seuss quote (laughs) about being the youest you. (laughs) Right. The USU yeah. you can be. Not, yeah. not someone else, not a should or, you know, exactly. we think you should be, but 
when you step into you, that's, that's your superpower. That's yeah. And that's another tenet of human design is that the whole, uh, the whole like idea is that if everyone lived within their human design, the world would be utopia because everyone would be living the way that they're supposed to be living to help everyone else. Everything is connected and that you would have, everyone would essentially have their role and they would know how to interact in the world with other people. Especially in these times, it seems like a a nice, (laughs) a nice thing to, to look at, but so that's why it's important to, to look, uh, to try to live within your human design in terms of how you're meant to interact and work in the world. Right. Yeah. And like, and it's, it's very important in times like these because, you know, everyone wants to change the world and I'm not sure who credited this quote, but it's a big quote, um, famous quote, everyone wants to change the world. No one wants to change themselves. Mm. Um, and mm. a lot of people, you know, they do want change. They want to be a part of a big movement, spark some big change, but the, the, the true like revolutions that can happen, you know, in your life can just start with digging in to who you are, yep. you know, your, your own superpowers, your personal weaknesses and the roadblocks, changing yourself, growing yourself that then you show up differently in your relationships with others. Mm-hmm. That enhances your life. That enhances their life. They, you know, they grow, they change. And, and it spreads out from there in like a very, beautiful grassroots, you know, more subtle way, but yeah, true sustainable change. Yeah. Um, because it starts it, inside. Yeah. It, yeah. It starts inside and it comes from a place of love and acceptance for who you are and where you are right now yeah. and loving yourself enough to take the step, the steps to, to grow. And okay. I think that that's, that's very important part of, you know, like you said, building, a different world, a different society. You know, we won't mm-hmm. ever, we won't ever get to that utopia <laughs> probably, but not in our lifetimes, but who, you know, it's, it's, those steps. that's how transformation happens, whether it's in coaching or whether it's in, you know, fighting injustice, it's, it's these little steps and it's, it's looking down deep and getting uncomfortable and trying to figure out what messy action we can take and moving forward. Right. Yeah. Getting uncomfortable and being willing to be messy but you're coming from, you know, that, that true genuine place. And, and that makes, that makes all the difference. And and that's how, that's how progress happens. Totally. Perfect. So, um, one of the main things that you do is that you help women find their purpose in life. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of talked about your process, how you, how you work through that with them. What are some of those common roadblocks that come up? I think the biggest one really is, uh, are those limiting beliefs. Um, because, you know, core beliefs are these underlying ideas about what we think about ourselves, what we think about other people, and they're deeply, deeply buried. And oftentimes they come from childhood, from early childhood. And, you know, not, not to like blame our parents on it for everything, but it's just the way that we grew up around the adults we grew up around, um, the media that we consumed, our cultures, our communities, we developed certain beliefs and, um, and, and they're generational too, right? I mean, if you think about like our parents obviously wanted us to go to college and get a good job and work a nine to five and then retire and then, oh, then you can have fun after you retire. Like these are just beliefs that we 
our, we grow up with. And it becomes our responsibility to take them out and look at them and say, does this serve me? Is that a life that I want or no? Okay, then I'm going to shift that belief. And so I think it's a lot of, um, you know, some of that stuff it, it comes from some early childhood traumas um, around unworthiness or, um, you know, that, that not enoughness, that I'm, I'm a bad person or I'm not, you know, I'm not smart enough. All these things really, um, really start then because if you think about it even, with parents, like it can even be well-meaning. It could be something like your kid comes home from school and says, you know, no one wants to play with me. Like, I don't have any friends. And you say, oh, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. You know, the, you have lots of friends. So don't, don't think like that because you're trying to negate the negativity, right? But what you're in fact doing is you're telling them that they can't trust their own emotions. And so those are things that sit with us. Those are, those become our core beliefs that, oh, I can't trust how I really feel. I need to rely on others to tell me how I'm feeling. Things like this are so deep-seated that people don't even realize that they hold them. So I think that that's the biggest roadblock that we hit. And it's like, it's different in every, with every client. Sometimes it's like they're very well aware of, of those beliefs and some have never ever sat and looked at them before. So, um, so it, it'll take more time, obviously. And it's, um, it's doing a lot of that, that deep work to figure out what, what that means that essentially makes all the difference. And I mean, I, I have not had one client that hasn't, we haven't cried on some, some call. <laughs> and there's always tears, Jen. there's tears on discovery calls. Like it's just when you start talking right. about that, because that's my job, right? Is to hold space for somebody. My job is to provide a safe space for somebody to talk about how they're feeling and there is no judgment. There is no um, gaslighting. There is no. There is nothing except complete um, acceptance and honoring how someone feels. And I think that's a big power of coaching. I think that's a big responsibility we have as coaches, right? That we have to. Right. Um, that's our job is is to create this safe space. Um, and if somebody doesn't feel safe, then it's our responsibility to look at why. Um, and, and that, that goes into our own limiting beliefs and deep work. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, right. it's all cyclical, like you said before. Um, but I think honestly, that's, that's the biggest hurdle that most people have when it comes to, um, to this self-growth and self-discovery is figuring out what's holding them back. Right. Those self-limiting beliefs. And like you said, the, the awareness can vary, but you know, I know that I had known for years that I had negative thoughts, that my thought patterns tended to be negative, but it wasn't until I started working with someone that I really, like, that sounds aware. It sounds mm -hmm. self-aware and, and it, you know, is some people don't realize that those are negative thoughts in their head. They think that they're just true thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I also thought they were true and it wasn't until I started working with someone that I would actually be aware and I would see when these beliefs would come up in my life and I would have the awareness to be like, whoa, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> why would I, why would I want to keep this thought right now? This is yeah. not a, a positive thought. It's not true. Um, you know, where's yeah. this coming from? And so that working with a coach helps, you know, create and strengthen your awareness of, of when these beliefs are popping up and how they're affecting you. Totally. 
Totally. Yeah. It, it changes your life. I mean, it really, it really does because when you start to realize that everything holding you back is like lives between your two ears, <laughs> there's right. not, I mean, that's, there's nothing external holding you back and it's all, a, if Absolutely. you want it, you can do it. And so, um, yeah, I found, I, I think that's been the most empowering part of this whole journey for me is knowing that it is within me to do it. Right. Right. We, you know, we often want to blame circumstances and other people and, you know, those are outside of our control and Mm -hmm. we can still control. And the only thing we can control is ourselves and how we, you know, manage those situations and react to those things. And, and that is where the power lies is Mm -hmm. in letting go of controlling, trying to control things that we can't, which just makes us stressed and anxious and, and burn out and turning that into the things that we can control and taking that power back. Right. And, and realizing that the people that are um, in our lives that maybe are, are more negative or whatever, or, or telling us these things that, you know, we know are not true about ourselves, they're dealing with their own trauma, or they've never dealt with a lot of trauma in their life. And that is why that they feel a need to attack or to, um, to judge others. And knowing that that's their shit, that's not your shit. Like right. You, you know, you don't have to take that on that's also super empowering because I mean, I've had to deal with that in various relationships in my life where it's been like, I, I, I know you might think that about me, but I know that that's not true. And the reason you think that is because you have so many things in your life that you haven't dealt with. And so you're looking for someone to blame right. and I'm not available for that. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole, whole other, you know, area yeah. of coaching that you can get into people is um, how to, deal with other people's thoughts and feelings and the first you know and most important thing about that to realize is that they actually have nothing to do with you mm-hmm. that's their own thought processes and experience okay. childhood trauma limiting beliefs um you know coming together and you know converging on just what how they're perceiving you and not actually you um mm-hmm. so it's very freeing and you know a good it's comforting to to realize that it has nothing to do with you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they, you don't have to try and change it or stress over it. You can just, you know, hold space for, for them as a person and for you as a person. Exactly. There's, there's so much, so much, <laughs> so much we can go through. <laughs> yeah. That we, go through, that, we, that we can work on, but now, you know, we're helping people like, guess what? You can have a life coach to help you dig through these things. And mm-hmm. you're not alone. We're all going through it. And you can have a support team. I think, you know, a life coaches, for me, I, I think it's like having your own team, your own entourage, you know, that people like see. That's, you know, you imagine having a person to do your hair and pick out your clothes. Oh, yeah, totally. Your, your hype man and things like that. But, <laughs> your coach that's 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 someone who's you know objective but they've also been there so they have the empathy and the -hmm. experience and I think that's it's an important teammate to have and you know I have a saying that having a coach is the ultimate form of self-care it really is yeah and it's so true because we have you know people have trainers and people you know they do all kinds of things to care for the body mm-hmm. um and this, I love a good massage and things like that but having someone to help you 
you know, dig through your self-limiting beliefs and build, you know, all the beliefs that support you as a mm-hmm. you know person and help you grow. I mean, that's just that's just crucial to your, you know, your development as a person and your happiness and your mm-hmm. fulfillment in life. Totally. They they can help you fill your cup. Absolutely. Right. And help you, you know, help you, you know, <laughs> they can be the taste your, tester for your cocktails. Yeah, and design your cocktail. <laughs> um, totally. you know, like, why are you pouring all this grenadine? In? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even sweet. like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I love that analogy. <laughs> We're gonna we we can we can build a, a meme together. I love it. <laughs> Mixologist of your life, Lord. Done. Love it. Um. So when we talked about those self-limiting beliefs, kind of being the one of the main roadblocks, what what are like some solutions that that you offer to that um, with your clients? Just digging in deep, you know, and, and identifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the identif- it's the the pulling them out. Sometimes I call them goblins. It's like bringing the goblins to the light and shining a light on them and figuring out which are true and which are not, and then reframing them. So you know, it's it, it, there. There is a lot of you know mantras and affirmations and however, um, whatever tool is needed to help somebody realize that that's not their truth. Um, and then it's just consistency. I, I'm a big proponent of journaling. I think journaling for five minutes a day, getting all the shit out of your head and getting it onto paper is so, so powerful. Right. Um, I also believe in manifestation and law of attraction. And so I also teach my clients um, some of the tenets around that. And a lot of that is gratitude, feeling grateful for what you do have in your life and be feeling grateful for the things that you have in your life currently in this physical realm and then being grateful for the things that maybe aren't in this physical realm yet that aren't happening. So it's like, for instance, if I was journaling, um, you know, thank you universe for the health of my kids. Thank you universe for my amazing clients. Thank you universe for the million dollars in my bank account. You know, you're thanking God, universe, spirit, whatever for the things that you know are coming to you, but they're not here in the physical realm yet. But if you truly believe in those things and truly put your focus on them, and it's just like the whole thing with the last name, it starts to become real. <laughs> and I start to expect those things into my life. And I have manifested insane opportunities, like opportunities, people, money, clients. I mean, all these things because I know what I want and I know that I deserve it, just like every other person in this world deserves whatever they want to have. Um, and I ask for everything to be received with the highest intent, with the highest good for everyone's highest good. Right. I don't want to just ask for things that are going to make my life better, but to make everyone's life better. So, um, yeah, so the solution is, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the, the solution is almost the whole second part of the coaching experience. It's, you know, it's the reframing, it's the, the taking action in a new direction. It's, um, naming those feelings that, um, that pop up along the way. And, um, 
So just that forward momentum, I really think is the biggest solution. It's just don't go backwards. Just keep moving forward. Even if it's like the babyest step ever, celebrate those baby steps. Like I have one client who we started working together in February and we are just finishing up this week. And, um, she essentially, she had a, an actual physical product she wanted to create, um, as an entrepreneur. And, um, when I, we started working together, she had so many limiting beliefs around like, who am I to do this? Why would anyone buy from me? And we spent a lot of time digging into those beliefs. Um, and now she is like, oh, she has an actual product. She has an actual, like, um, like physical product <laughs> that she has created with a packaging engineer and a logo. And so now I'm just, you know, have, helping her on that last leg of getting her stuff on social media. But um, it's been this incredible ride for her to look back and, and think of where she was. And it's really not been that long. I mean, we, in however many months we've been working together, it's like she's gone from not thinking she can do something to actually doing something. And even though she still hits those roadblocks, you know, and I, we still talk about them. It's like when she looks back and sees that, that forward motion, it's so, um, it builds her confidence. It builds her, um, trust that everything is happening the way it's supposed to be happening. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's all about recognizing that there has been growth. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I was I was talking with my coach about that the other day as well about you know celebrating things and then also keeping track of things because I know there have been so many times when I was coaching on something and I'm coaching on it or I'm you know I'm thinking about it every day every day and I'm just like oh when is this you know when is it going to click when is this not going to be a thing anymore and then at some point I'll be working with my coach and I'll be like oh my gosh I haven't thought about that mm-hmm. in weeks and I didn't even notice it. Like mm-hmm. I had just moved on to other things to, to work on that. I totally. didn't notice that I had, <laughs> you know, finally got a hold of that issue and managed it. And so, you know, we were just talking about tracking things like that and celebrating those. those Absolutely. Um, you have to. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, cause when you get into those situations where you're learning a new skill or learning a new thing and it's, you're, you're hitting the roadblocks again and again, you have to remember all the times you've been through other things and other roadblocks and how, yeah. you, how you came through it. And, you know, it, and just that belief and the process and, you know, it works and it's going to work again. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I also like what you said about bringing the goblins to the light. <laughs> <laughs> I like to come up with humorous um, ways yeah. to remember things myself. And that's, that was really good. And in my, I think it was yesterday, in one of my meditations yesterday, um, I do headspace with Andy. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Andy's accent. But he was talking about a young girl in India, and she thought that there was a snake in the corner. Mm -hmm. But she knew, like, in the daytime, when the lights were on, that there was a hose in the corner. Mm -hmm. You know, but when it got dark, she still would would worry and would be like, it's a snake. It's definitely Mm -hmm. a snake. Um, so it's important to, to bring those things, like you said, to bring them to the light. Cause they seem very, very scary and dangerous. And, and, you know, when yeah. we're, they're in the dark and we're not focusing on them and we're not dealing with them, but when you bring them to the light, 
it's, you know, it's not as scary and you can manage them and not put, you know, not let them get wet and not feed them after midnight. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, those are gremlins, but close <laughs> same thing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then, you know, for anyone out there listening, um, you know, I hope that they will invest in a coach, but that, be, you know, something that they can do now on their own, like you said, is journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely something that always comes up with my clients, uh, you know, taking time to write down things you're grateful for um, every day and appreciation of things within yourself, I think mm-hmm. is very important. Um, things, you know, you like about yourself and stuff like that. And then your, your want list, um, that's kind of important. Like you said, the things you want to manifest or bring into your life and something that I learned also from Brooke Castillo is when you're doing that, also write down things that you've wanted that you have Mm -hmm. so that you're, you know, you're just coming from that place of abundance. You know, you're like, I wanted, you know, two beautiful children to love. And, and I have that. And you still put that on your want list as well as, you know, things that you're, um, not that you don't have yet, but that you still want. Yeah. I have a, I have a note in my iPhone of all the things I've manifested, whether it's like $5 or whether it's like a huge opportunity. Like I like to look back on things and be like, wow, I was, I was able to manifest all of those things into my life. I can keep doing it. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, what works and what is something that everybody, regardless of their beliefs on, on manifestation, I think what works with that is we, we have that confirmation bias that, Mm -hmm. that works in our minds. And if you're having these self-limiting beliefs and you're looking for, I can't, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. That's what you're going to find. Right. But if you're believing that these things are out there for you and they're going to come to you, that that's what you're looking for. And that's what you're going to find. So it's definitely a great mindset and a great practice to have. Totally. Absolutely. Um, I think this has been amazing. Yeah, this was Uh, awesome. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. You're, you're, you're very eloquent and very well prepared with all of your information. Um, and I really appreciate that. It's like very nice. Like I said, I'm kind of a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. And I, I really like how you're just able to have all this information on hand and in order. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. Good. Well, yeah, I, I'm very passionate about what I do. So <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I feel very lucky that I've um, found what I'm meant to do. And, you know, if I can help you know, just one person, I feel like I've made a huge difference in someone's life. So um, I really, I do hope that if, if you have any listeners that are, that have been considering hiring a coach um, or investing in themselves in some way that they will take, you know, th- this is their sign, <laughs> the sign they've been waiting for, like to do it because it really right. will change your life. Um, right. You know, it's uh you can't keep doing the same things and expect different results. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I was there for a long time, just trying to put one foot in front of the other, just waiting on, um, some miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I had, I had tried a lot of things, um, to feel better. Um, and 
just, you know, keep doing that. And for me, that was coaching and it did, it did come eventually. Mm -hmm. So for, yeah, for anyone out there listening, um, reach out, uh, to Chandra. She, um, definitely, I, I, I want to work with Chandra now. (laughs) It definitely has a value to offer you there, especially, you know, if you're looking to find your purpose, um, and especially for, you know, for mothers who are looking for that, you know, career side hustle, passion um, in their lives, uh, this is definitely the place that you should go. And and it's going to be life-changing for anyone who who works with, with you, Chandra. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. 